This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. It's gone! Get out the tape measure, long gone! Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. Welcome to a live edition of the Fly the W670 podcast. Dustin Rhodes and Crawley here. It's season two. It is episode 85. Crawley, we knew we were going to talk today. But we didn't know we were going to talk about this. David Ross is out. Craig Council is in. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be popping champagne or drinking as many Bud Heavies as possible. I've got my kids' David Ross jersey hanging behind me. Uh, I have very, very mixed emotions right now, Crawley. And I know you are absolutely excited and clicking your heels a la Ron Santo. I, I could not be more excited. You know, we, like you said, we were going to talk, you write these scripts and then every now and then you just got to crumple up and throw them out. I don't know if anybody predicted this happening, but, but this, this Dustin was about as stunning as a Cubs. I, I was thinking about this the other day when I think about like news that absolutely stunned me, that just absolutely shocked me. I, the last time I could think of something was when the Cubs got rid of Bias, Bryant, and Rizzo all in 24 hours. I thought that they would keep one of them, and then that was just shocking to me. But this is definitely up in there as well. Well, would you compare it? One of the immediate comparisons is obviously Ricky Renteria is here. They go out and they get Joe Madden, and then a few years later, the rest is history. Would you Would you compare it to that, or do you think that's not – equal apples and oranges or is it apples to apples well i think it's 100 percent apples to apples i i, I it, it's you know when i looked at that and, and this was ricky renteria end of 2014 season everything's going great ricky's going to be back and then joe madden happened to be available and that was it that was the move and you had to make that because that was a difference making manager right there and so what's going to end up happening is, is that they get him and and they fire renteria but that really kind of started that domino effect of getting Lester spending money. That was the signal that the Cubs were ready. And I feel that this is the exact same thing. I, I, we talked about this a lot, Dustin. For the moment that the Brewers did not have um, Council under contract, I talked about it all year on the, on the Fly the W, all season two. Craig Council, Craig Council, Craig Council. My fear was he was going to go to the Mets and Big Daddy Steve Cohen was going to put down the big money and that was going to be that. And, you know, I, I didn't think that the the way that it was work, I thought he was going to be going with David Stearns in New York. So, you know, I just was just hoping and, and I never really thought it was going to happen, to be honest with you. So. Well, he clearly, Crowley, he clearly didn't want to go to New York. I'm sure it's not about the cash. I, I, I can't imagine that the Mets owner would let himself be outbid by the Ricketts family. I, I don't think it's about the money. He still has his four children, two are playing baseball in the Big Ten, two daughters still in high school. He's 90 minutes away in Chicago. And he's he's gone half the year anyway because he's on the road doing his job, right? So he's not that far away. And now he comes. So th- that's part of it too. Like, did the Cubs overspend? Did the, Were the Cubs negotiating against themselves? I mean, did they need to make... Did they need to make this move? Because 
Craig Council clearly didn't want to go to the Mets. He wanted to go to Chicago because it's right in his backyard. And the Cubs are going to be big boy baseball while Milwaukee still is little kid baseball as far as spending money goes. Right. And all of this, Dustin, started happening around noon today. The Mets announced that they were hiring Carlos Mendoza, right? And then the Guardians announced they were hiring Stephen Vaught as the skipper. And so those were the two teams that, you know, um, was was mo- were most, you know, being mentioned for the council job. Definitely New York with David Stearns out there. Well, it and just seems so sudden, obvious. It seems so obvious, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But then all of a sudden, Ken Rosenthal throws this Twitter up here. Craig Council will not manage the next season, will manage the next season, but not the Brewers or Mets, sources tell The Athletic. He is heading to a team with an existing manager. Okay. Then all of a sudden, I sat there, and I was like, hmm. And this is what I tweeted out there. I said, I know it's not going to be the Cubs, but I can still hope. Wow. About a few minutes later, Cubs hiring Council, Craig Rosenthal's sources tell The Athletic. And so – Dustin, the one thing I keep thinking about, you mentioned Rick Renteria. Remember that they all said Rick Renteria is coming back. Rick Renteria is coming back. And all of a sudden when that Andrew Friedman had an opt out or man had an opt out in his contract, if Friedman left the team and Jed and Theo jumped on a plane and headed down to Florida and ended up on a beach somewhere and getting that deal done, you have to do that. But what about the cojones on Jed Hoyer to literally sit there Imagine in today's day with social media and everything like that, I did not hear a single solitary word that council might even possibly go to the Cubs. Think about that. Never, never did I see that happening. And, and we've had a lot of fun, I think, on this podcast. I know on the Mully and Haw show, we hear a lot about Craig Tember and Craig Tember and Craig Tember. Well, well what about Craig Tober? Okay. It, now, he, he's won the division. But his 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 record in the postseason, you know, not very good, Crowley. Not not very good. So is is it just about getting to the playoffs? I thought the Cubs were, were more than wanting to just get into the playoffs. He is well, seven and twelve in the postseason. Seven okay. and twelve as a manager. I have no doubt about that. And you know, here's the thing is that the Brewers have been to the playoffs five times in the last six years. Would you be a crappy ass division in a crappy ass division? The Cubs didn't do it. What the the Cubs were in a total rebuild, Crowley. They were in a rebuild during the last year. They weren't in a rebuild in 2018 when they made it and they took the Dodgers to game seven and the Dodgers ended up in the World Series. They weren't in a rebuild in 2019 when when the when the Nationals that there and uh, when they played the Nationals in the wild card game and a fluke play ended up costing them and the Nationals won the World Series it wasn't a fluke in 2020 when they had to, when they ended up playing the Dodgers and the Dodgers won then and what about 2021 you know I mean then is when the rebuilding start so you had 2018 2019 2020 when you had Javier Baez Chris Bryant you had uh, Anthony Rizzo all these guys on the team and somehow Craig continued to win Somehow, some way. And listen, I, I don't blame the Cubs for blowing it up. I, I just, you know what I really want now? You know what I really want now? I was going to save it, but this is what I really want. Okay. I want David Ross to be so red assed about this that I want David Ross to jump up 294 North. Okay. And become the manager of the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers. You want to put some fire on this thing? You want to put some gasoline into this rivalry that already exists? You know, the, the, Brewer fans that don't want to sell tickets to anybody outside of the zip code or the area code and all that kind of stuff. Super crappy. Okay. So you really want to stir the pot and get this thing going like WWE style. Let's have David Ross wear number three up in Milwaukee and become the Brewers manager. How about that? That, that, that that would definitely be, be interesting. And and I'll tell you what is interesting as well is, you know, council's contract is going to be five years, $40 million. That's an AAV of $8 million a year. And so council is now the highest paid manager in the MLB. Almost so, double, almost doubly high. The highest paid manager was $4.5 million. I think that was Francona. And, and now and so, it goes from that to double. Here's what I'm going to say, Dustin. Good. Because it's ridiculous, this whole idea of paying these guys cheap and kind of controlling them. I like the fact that you're paying for a manager. You and I talked about when when Joe Madden was at Club 400, how much I missed him, what a smart guy, and how he always had the pulse of his team. And when I look at what 
Craig Council does, I say to myself, this is a guy that that with what I, I said it the other day on the podcast, he takes goat piss and turns it into gasoline. He ends up with guys like <laughs> Rowdy Telez and all these guys that you, you know, when I looked at every year, like you look at like, you know, okay, who are the who are the brewers haven't left? Who do they have in center? Look at their infield. And I always say, How the hell is this guy doing this? And guess what? He's here right now. And I think this is a statement very much like it was in 20 end of 2014, 2015, that the Cubs are ready to compete. And I will tell you, Craig Council didn't come here for the money. It wasn't about the money because he could have gotten more in New York. And yes, it's nice that he's close to his family, but he wants a team that is going to compete. Well, and he's going to have a big, he's going to have a big part of it. There's no doubt about it because there's no doubt in my mind, especially post Joe Madden and then David Ross, that the manager, the skipper sets the tone. He sets the tone in that clubhouse. He sets the tone in that organization. It's going to start in spring training. We're going to see, you know, what what is the word out there about Craig Council? How is he viewed by Brewer players? You know, they they all talk. These guys all text. They all talk. You know, are are his former and current players going to suggest anybody that texts them or reaches out to them? Hey, yeah, you know what? You should go ahead and join the Cubs because you want to go for with Craig Council, or is it going to be, mm, I don't know, guy's kind of a taskmaster. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't think Craig Council is the, the warm and fuzzies like Joe Madden was. Well, here you go. Well, Joe Madden wasn't warm and fuzzies either. I can tell you that. That that, that whole Grandpa Rossi thing was all just a, uh, a joke Rossi, within the clubhouse. Joe Madden, Joe Madden. Joe Madden. Oh, Joe Madden. Okay, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this. This is from William Contreras' Twitter. Obviously, Wilson's brother with the face palm. Three <laughs> face palms. William Contreras. Boom. So that tells you how happy the Brewers are right now. And so the Brewers well, that's were on happy. them. I mean, that's on them. They let him get away, right? They, they had every opportunity, I'm sure. Obviously, we weren't involved in the negotiations, but he clearly wanted to stay in the area. So I'm sure if they would have just spent a little more or operated a little bit more as a big boy club, they're they're making every they're all making plenty of money. All these guys. It's how you it's how you manage your money. I mean, they, you got this story about the Padres who had to go take out a fifty million dollar loan just to meet payroll. So it's just well, crazy. Just remember too that managers don't call, call count against your salary. It doesn't right. count against the. Well, ABC this is coming out right. Button. This is coming out of Tom. This is coming out of the Ricketts' pockets, right? Absolutely. And so when when you're looking at this right here, it is it is a definitely a big boy move. And and again, you let him go. Whenever you have a manager, whether it was um, Joe Madden in 2019 or whether it was Craig Council this year, you sit there and you don't pick up options or you don't extend their deals. That's kind of a slap in the face. All right. And so Joe Madden said, okay, I'm a free agent. You remember that after, during 2019, he said, I'm a free agent this year. And sure enough, he got paid big money and went to Anaheim. And, and again, for Craig council, he got to sit there and choose exactly where he wanted to go. Now you want to talk about um, David Ross. This is what Jed Hoyer released. Now we are going to get a press conference, I believe sometime next week, correct? Yeah. I think about, I think about maybe this time, maybe a week from Thursday, it's going to be, later in the week i'm told okay so what we got right now is that jed hoyer said today we made the difficult decision to dismiss david ross as our major league manager on behalf of the cubs organization we express our deep gratitude for david's contributions to our club both on and off the field first as a player and then as a manager david continually showcased his ability to lead david's legacy will be felt in chicago for generations and his impact to our organization will stack up with the legends that came before him that seems a little much, but legend. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 he's, a, he's a legend. I mean, he, he had a he hit a home run in Game Seven of the World Series the last time he ever went to the plate as a as a Major League Baseball player. That's that's pretty legendary. That's right? pretty that's pretty cool. But when I talk about legends, I think about Andre Dawson, Billy Williams, Ryan Sandberg. Those are the guys that when I say legends, he was a great part of a fun story of a fun season. Same with Dexter Fowler, who hit a leadoff home run in that same Game Seven. All those well, guys. I, I mean, if you're talking you, Cubs well, legends, you know, Dexter Fowler is going to go down as a Cubs legend. He legend go, we, is, he, he go, we go. All I mean, right. He go, he go, we go. I mean, Crowley, nobody likes Andre Dawson more than me. I loved Andre Dawson. I interviewed Andre Dawson the last time he played at Wrigley Field with the Marlins. I stood in front of his locker stall and sweated like a pig waiting for him because I was so nervous and it was so damn hot down there. Okay, and I had on like a denim, long sleeve denim shirt and khakis. 
but you know, he they didn't win with Andre Dawson. What did they win? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, Sammy Sosa is more of a legend than Andre Dawson as far as the Cubs Cubs lore goes. If you're ranking it, I love Andre Dawson, but he never won anything. Cubs never won anything with him. Well, I do got to ask you now, Dustin, th- this becomes a interesting situation because on the last podcast, you and I both talked about um, what was going on as far as John Maley being added to the staff. That right? is interesting, right? And so you have John this, Maley, right? you have, um, you know, a- Andy Green. We talked about Andy Green interviewing for managerial openings, yes. including the Guardians job that he didn't yes. get. Um, we, we talked about, you know, the, the rotating hitting coaches. And Dustin Kelly, you know, having having the job right now. The question now, and and again, when you talk about Tommy Hadavi, that's what I want to know right away. What's going on with Tommy now? In a comparison, Chris Basio was a holdover when they made the Joe Madden move originally, right? So Basio, Basio, Basio stuck around. So that's something to um, to keep in mind. So we'll see. I hope. I mean, Tommy Hadavi seems like the goods to me. Uh, they, what I, what I, you know, so all of those guys from the 2015, 16, 17 run, they all preceded Joe Madden. So John Maley and these were not Joe hires, um, right. as far as Maley, Basio, Gary Jones, all of those guys were not Basio, uh, were not Madden hires. So I, I'm very, but, but I, I'm very curious again, if, if count, how many of council's own people are going to be following him here? And, and I think that this is just really, really going to be interesting. And I'm, I'm curious to see, like, like you said, if, if Milwaukee was to hire David Ross, I think that that would absolutely oh, be, be so great. That would be so, it's, that would make me so, that would make me so happy. Crawley is as confounded as I am today about all of this. And, and I've got my daughter's David Ross Jersey hanging up behind me. If you're not watching us, if you're only listening to us, just a, a makeshift a memorial to, uh, to David Ross. I'm not sure. Did, did do we know? Did David Ross recently? I, I want to say he recently signed an extension. Was he going into the last year of his he, deal? This is this is going to be the last year of his deal. Okay, so they're only eating a year of David Ross to let him sit out for a year. You know, I right. heard Joe Girardi today on the Marquee Sports Network saying, you know, you're hired to be fired. That, that that's part of that's part of the gig. You know, when you're when you're hired to be a manager in any sport, the you know you're you're hired to eventually. Uh, to to be fired. It's going to be listen, Crowley. It's great. It's great for it's great for the fly the W. It's great for six seventy to score. It's great for Cub fans. It creates a lot of interest. Creates a lot of buzz. But if you don't get Bellinger, if you don't get an Otani, if you don't trade for a, a Juan Soto, if the roster doesn't change much from what it is today, I don't care how much magic dust Craig Tober is bringing down two ninety four. It's not going to work. You might win the division, but so what? How good is the division? Not very well, good. Not Dustin, very good. You, you and I both know that the trick of, of getting into the postseason and Arizona just showed it is you got to make it. So if you can't even get to that step, you got no shot. Right. So I and the argument that- could be now. One of the arguments could be if Craig Council had been the manager of the Cubs this past season, would the Cubs have been in the playoffs instead of the Diamondbacks? It's a good question. If he would have let young guys play, which he has always done in the past. We talked about Canario sitting on the bench. Um, you know, we talked about Nelson Velasquez not really kind of getting a shot. So there's a lot of questions, ideally, that you could ask as how he would do it. But you also want to talk about how Milwaukee might be angry. The Cubs needed to ask the Brewers permission to speak to council before November 1st. They did not do that. So this all came together in the last few days. That was Jesse Rogers reporting. So you got to imagine how they are. They must be livid up in Milwaukee. And I will tell you, I got one more story before we move on because we got all sorts of things that happened that we didn't expect. Oh my uh, God. This is one more thing that we had. This was an old tweet from Adam McCauley who covers the Brewers. He's, this is a quote from Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder asked to give an example of how Craig Council helped him as a teammate. And this was what Prince Fielder said, quote, There was this one time I was thinking about bunting. He told me if I bunted, he would punch me in the face. I thought of you. I thought of you about the, I thought of you about the bunting. I also remember us playing the cut from Jed, I believe on with Mully and Haw, where he was not exactly throwing his arms around 
the bunting that we had all been questioning. He's like, well, that's kind of David's idea. I don't know about bunting. He doesn't want to give away outs is what he doesn't said. Want to, doesn't, doesn't want to give away outs. I, I, I will just say this. I loved David Ross as a player in 2016. I thought if he, after he retired, he wanted to go into broadcasting. I thought if that coaching was a career path, not just going out to see a player's um, rehab or something. If he really wanted to do that, I thought he should have started in the minors. That's what they made Ryan Sandberg do. They made Ryan Sandberg get on the bus and hit fungos and do all that stuff. I don't understand why they handed David Ross the keys with absolutely no experience. People will say, well, Craig Council didn't have any. He was a front office guy, and guess what? I got to see what he can do for the last few seasons, and I'm confident. I'm not. This is not a guy who's never managed before. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. And I wish David Ross nothing but success in his next job, and I hope he comes back into the cub fold uh, at some point in time, I know this has got to sting for him right now. This has got to sting, but I'm really hoping that he can end up at one point in time coming back and being part of the Cub family again. It's going to take some time, but who knows what's going to happen? Do you think? Do you think he will manage again? I do. I think he'll get another shot. I think, right. and I think he'll be better for it. I really do. So, if that's what he wants, I, I think he's going to be able to do that. But you were asking Dustin a little bit about the um, the roster. And so we talked about this on our last episode, you know, about a lot of important dates, five days following the end of the World Series. And we got three different categories. We got free agents. We got um, the different options. And then we also have 40-man roster moves. So on November 2nd, four Cubs became free agents. Jaime Candelario, we know that he is now officially a free agent. He signed a one-year, $5 million deal with Washington. He was traded to the Cubs at the trade deadline for Kevin Made and DJ Hers. He slashed 251, 336, 471 with 22 home runs and 70 RBIs. We were all excited in the trade, but that back injury affected him. While he was with the Cubs, he only slashed 234, 318, 445 with six home runs and 17 RBIs. So, Dustin, we didn't see the best of what Candelario had, but he is now officially on the market. That's okay. Let's see what the market says about him. Um, but, you know, I don't want him to be the answer at first base. I, I want Cody Bellinger to be the answer at first base. I really do, and I want PCA out in center, and I don't think Candelario is a good enough guy to play third base. I didn't see enough from him at third base anyway, my opinion. Right. It's something that if you, again, if you can get a bopper at first, I'd definitely be curious about Candelario at third. Um, Michael Fulmer signed a one-year deal for $4 million. It was okay. We talked about that three and five with a 442 ERA. He did really bad in April and May, better in June, July, and August. But in September, he went on the IL and he is out for all of 2024 anyway with uh, right elbow surgery. And then we had two free agents that are, you know, they, they only played the last weekend of the season pretty much. Tyler Duffy, um, he was a twin. He played in that last game in Arizona. And then you had Sean Green. He was a journeyman who played, so no big loss there. But the one that we want to talk about, Dustin, are the player-slash-team options. And we had five players fall into this category. The first one was the Cubs with their club options. The Cubs exercised their club options on Jan Gomes, who did great this year, his receiving skills, blocking balls, calling games, always phenomenal. His 29.4% caught stealing rate was second among NL catchers. And then he slashed 267, 315, 408 with 10 home runs and 63 RBIs. Dustin, that was the second most of his career. Right. And it always seemed to be hitting when guys were in running scoring position. He, he seemed like clutch hitting and him were hand in hand. Right. He'll continue to work with Miguel Amaya to transition the load. And there's a lot of young catchers coming up like Pablo Aliendo and Moises Ballesteros. So, the Cubs are going to pay him $6 million in 2024. Less than the manager. <laughs> the Cubs also exercised their club option on Kyle Hendricks. Hendricks is back from a shoulder strain on May 25th. He went 6-8 and, eight and 374. Once off the IL, he took the ball every fifth day, and he kept the Cubs in it most games except against the Braves. So he's going to be an excellent four or fifth starter. He's a great resource for the young pitchers that are going to try to break into the rotation. They're going to pay him $16.5 million in 2024. He's the longest tenured Cub now, the last of the remaining 2016 Cubs. And so glad to see Hendricks back. I think we both knew that was going to happen, but we also both thought Ross was going to be back. Yeah, we both, and we also thought there was going to be another starting pitcher that's coming back. We're going to talk about him in a second. Right. And the Cubs did finally decline their $5 million option on Brad Boxberger. He, he was injured most of it, and that was just a disaster. 
Well, threw- this will be interesting now, though, with Boxberger, right? Like, did, 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 does Council really like him? Because he came from Milwaukee, right? Yeah, yeah, he came. He, he's come for a couple teams. He only threw 20 innings for the Cubs, but he did play for Milwaukee previously. And I, I think that they're going to, you know, if he's still out there, they might kick the tires on him, but they're not going to exercise that, you know, no, a $5 no, no. million dollar right. option. No, don't blame him for that, no doubt. Now, Dustin, the two-player options, which everybody wanted to hear from, it surprised nobody that Cody Bellinger opted out of 2024. The Cubs signed Cody to a $17.5 million deal um, and a one-year deal in December with a mutual option. That mutual option would have paid him $25 million in 2024. He struggled the previous three seasons with the Dodgers, and they let him walk out the door. They did not tender him a contract in 2023. So he signed a one-year prove-it deal with the Cubs, and boy, did he ever, hitting 306, 26 home runs, 29 doubles, 97 RBIs, and 27 steals. Excellent defense in center field and first base, and he wins the Comeback Player of the Year award. The Cubs, just a couple hours ago, offered Cody the qualifying offer of $20 million, which he turned down, obviously. So if the Cubs do not re-sign Bellinger, they will get a compensation Draft pack, draft pick. The Cubs have said they're interested in resigning Bellinger, but Cody and Scott Boris are certainly looking for a big year, multi, uh, multi-year, big money contract, right? Oh God, I mean Crowley, he wants three hundred million, right? We at all at least do. at least two hundred to three hundred. We all do. We all do. Right? We all do. We all do. But like you I said, just have it to play the lottery to get it. That's all. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not. You're gonna be your athletic ability. Um. You know, it doesn't have to be Cody Bellinger coming back, but they need someone to fill in that offense, especially when you're talking about maybe a guy like Juan Soto or Pete Alonzo or somebody, but you need boppers. And I was listening um, to the uh, Parkinson Spiegel show on my way home and Coombdog, a friend of the pod who's been on before, he was there and he absolutely said he expects from what he's hearing that the Cubs are going to get a bopper So let's just kind of keep our fingers crossed. That works out. The other shocker, Dustin, was Marcus Stroman opts out of his final year of a three-year, $71 million contract. Made $25 million in 2022, $25 in 2023, and he was set to make $21 million in 2024, but decided to test his luck in the free agent market. Dustin, how shocked were you at that one? almost as shocked as I was about Craig Council and David Ross, but that was more shocking. I, I was shocked. Again, I had to double check the source when I saw it at first. I thought I was getting duped by a fake Twitter account. Well, Stroman was dominant in the first half of the season, going nine and six pre all-star game with a 296 ERA and named to the all-star team. The second half, totally different story. Um, we know, we know that he struggled. He spent a lot of the time on the IL. He was one and three post all-star game with an 863 ERA. Uh, Stroh's Cubs career numbers were 16 and six with a 373 ERA, 50 starts, 275.1 innings. I think, you know, when, when I looked on um, Stroh's Instagram, he wrote, love everything about Chicago. Grateful for the Cubs organization. Thankful to have experienced Wrigley and the fan base. The consistent energy was incredible. Life is a journey. Excited for whatever comes next. There was no pictures or anything to it. It was just black, uh, white words on black background. But one thing that caught my eye, Dustin, is that in Bob Knight. Absolutely. To bring back starter Mike Marcus Stroman after he declined his 21 million option in 2024. Thoughts, Dustin? Yeah, um, obviously the Cubs are clicking their heels that he declined. They didn't want him back. We wondered out loud on this podcast, do the, do the Cubs want him back? Are the Cubs hoping that he opts out? And we weren't exactly sure. And I don't think they wanted him around. He doesn't have swing and miss stuff. He 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 got injured. He broke he broke down. Um, I don't think he's Mr. Clubhouse guy. And I know I joked around being ticked off that he didn't show up to the Cubs con, but I do think that 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 kind of stuff matters to the Cubs, big picture. That, I think that so kind of stuff I, I, matters. I, so, I do think so as well. Yes. Right. It's all it's all part, it's all part of it. Now, I think they would have taken the high road. They would have welcomed him back. But, you know, no, I, I, I would be – there's no way – there's no way he's going to be back with the Cubs. You know, in the first half of, of his first year of the contract, he was injured a lot of the time and had issues. And then the second year of his contract, the second half he had issues. And so um, 
you know, I, I understand this and I wish him well. He's, you know, and, and I think the Cubs are looking for someone with swing and miss stuff. I don't know who it's going to be, but Dustin, you know, there's a lot of young players and our guest who's about to come up next is going to tell us about the Arizona Fall League. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are right. listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 85. Ross is out. Council is in. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Right now, Crawley's talking to Rich Biesterfeld of Northside Bound. Rich was out in Arizona Fall League's Fall Star game and home run derby. He's going to tell us about what went down for Cubs prospects representing the organization this past weekend. Rich, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh. We we are we are stunned and we are shocked, but we're glad to be talking Cubs baseball. <laughs> kind of a crazy day. <laughs> so let me ask you, Rich. You know, you're a guy that's out in Arizona. You're at the complex all the time, and you you get to know everybody essentially. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the on the David Ross firing? Were, were, how shocked were you, and 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 what are you thinking in your head now? Yeah, I, I think my thoughts echo a lot a lot of what you guys have said and what I've read from others. Um, I thought he might have been on on a little bit of thin ice towards the end of the season, but when they when they didn't uh, didn't relieve him of his duties at the end of the season, I thought, okay, he's going to be back next year, but probably on a short leash. So really didn't expect uh, to see that news today about hiring Craig Council, but um, I'm excited. Um, I think there were some questions um, with David. I think with you guys touched on the the way he used um, the bullpen, the way he didn't use a lot of the young guys, so. Um, I'm hoping to see some changes with that with Craig Council. So, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. And that and, and Rich, nobody knows the young guys like you do. You're out, like I said, you're out at the facilities. And so, for people that don't know, we've we've had people talking about the Arizona Fall League and and what a great opportunity that is for players to get extra at bats and, and and pitchers to get extra work in. And so, this weekend, tell everybody a little bit about what the Arizona what what, what the Fall Star Game is. Sure. Um, with the Fall Star Game, um, it's kind of like the All Star Game for the Arizona Fall League, and uh, that happened last night, and it was held at Sloan Park, which was kind of fun. But um, and the Cubs were represented by James Triantos and, and Kevin Alcantara. Um, didn't have any pitchers on the squad, but uh, definitely a very fun game, nine inning game. I think I'm trying to think the final score. American League won six three. Um, our our south side of town rivals. Um, they had the MVP, Colson Montgomery from the White Sox, was the MVP of the game. Oh, uh, Rich. So, so okay, I've heard a lot about Colson Montgomery. So that he's had good, to been fun he's a to good watch. Kid, Very nice guy. <laughs> I got to talk to him in the in the dugout one night. Well, I'm taking a look here, and and I, you have red carpet pictures of Kevin <laughs> Alcantara and James Triantos. And you know, when you talk about Triantos, he, he I feel like this this AFL has been his breakout this year he has been absolutely on fire what do you think is clicking for him right now um the talent has always been there um i think for folks that follow the cubs prospects i mean he was a he was a second round draft pick um you know out of high school and i think he had uh, he had to have some knee surgery so he got a little bit of a late start to the season so i think that maybe slowed him down a little bit um I think he might have had a little bit of a hand issue during the early part of the season as well, but they that, that wasn't really publicized. But I think he's fully healthy now. Um, he's always had a really good eye, and he's just attacking. And just, you know, he hasn't stopped hitting since since the uh, fall week started. Yeah, he's he is slashing 425, 505, 700. He has three home runs, 15 RBIs, and he's struck out 14 times but walked 12. I think the big position question, you know, is not can Triantos hit? Because I think we always have known that he can hit. I think the big question, and, and Rich, maybe you could help us out here, is just where is he going to play? I know they've done, what, second, third, out center field even? Where, where do you see him playing? 
Um, if I had to guess right now, I think he looks most comfortable at second base. Um, you know, I've heard some people question, does he have the arm for third base? I think he does. Um, I think a lot of it is just if to, to put him in one spot and let him get comfortable. Cause I think, I believe that like in low A, he played mostly third. I think this past year in high A at South Bend, he played a lot of second. Um, but you know, just giving him that one spot where he knows he's going out and can focus on the defense. Um, I mean, that's, that's the big question with him, but I mean, the kid's an incredible athlete. He's a, uh, you know, whatever the baseball counterpart to a gym rat is, um, that's him. I mean, he lives, eats, breathes the game. Um, just a good good kid and works really hard. Well, Rich, you know, not only do they have the All-Star yeah. game or the Fall-Star game like in MLB, but they also have the Home Run Derby and representing mm-hmm. the Cubs was Kevin Alcantara. And for the mm-hmm. podcast lister, I'm putting all of Rich's pictures up. And, and you got to follow B, uh, Rich at, at Beast22 on Twitter because he always has the best pictures. But I just love, like, Kevin Alcantara. Just like I, I keep saying, he reminds me so much of Soriano in that tall, lanky, wiry, um, mm-hmm. you know, build. How did he do in the home run derby? Um, he struggled a little bit, honestly. He, uh, I think he only ended up with five, five or six um, through the two rounds. Um, and was actually even talking to a friend of mine uh, at the Fall Stars game last night. And he, he was he kind of gave me a heads up. He said, oh, some people were – uh, kind of talking smack about him. Oh, he didn't have, you know, he didn't hit very well. And, you know, what's wrong with the, the thing to remember always, it's, it's a home run derby. You know, it, it isn't, this isn't what these guys normally do in a game. You know, they're not always trying to pull it, but he was hitting line drives. He just, he wasn't getting lift. Um, and then even one of the folks who works for the fall league, uh, I was talking to him last night and he said, even the, the uh, pitcher, the guy who was throwing to him, wasn't really getting it where he wanted it. He wanted it more inside and, he, and the guy kept throwing more outside stuff. So, you know, all those things play into it. It's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's great to see, you know, you, you love your guy to win it, but it's like, you can't get too excited. That really doesn't tell you anything about the skills and abilities of that player. We got a question from Brad Hebe. He says, what is Alcantara's potential ceiling? Are you seeing him as a potential 30, 30 guy, Rich? I think he's got that potential. You know, I think, It'll be interesting because um, he moved up at the very end of the season and for the playoffs, he, he moved up to double A. Um, that's more that proving ground. I, I mean, you love to see the, the young guys do well at every level. But double A is where you start to see a little more separation. So kind of want to see what he can do at that level. The pitchers get, get more dominating, a little bit tougher to hit off of. But I think, yeah, he definitely has the speed. He's got the power. Um, I mean, he he's one of those guys that if you're at a game, you're, you better, you know, if somebody's like scrolling through their phone, you better put that down and watch when he comes to the plate because, you know, he's going to hit some shots. Um, had fun the one night where he just he just hit a moonshot and maybe kind of did the bat flip. And I was I was fortunate enough to catch that bat flip um, as well, kind of behind him. So he's just he's just a fun player to watch. Um, great personality. Um, I, Cub fans will love him. Yeah, he's just got that it factor about him. You can't really describe it. But when you see him, you're like, and with the nickname, the Jaguar and all that stuff. But one picture that you took, Rich, that I wanted to share, which was totally awesome, is all of the teammates that came out to support uh, Alcantara and Triantos. Tell us, tell our listeners who, who's all in this picture here. Oh, yeah, and because there, there's some that aren't even in that picture. But uh, in the picture itself, you've got uh, Pablo Aliendo, uh, Jose Romero. Jose's one of the pitchers representing the Cubs in the AFL. Uh, Moises Ballesteros, uh, Kevin, James Triantos, and then you've got one of their uh, Mesa Solar Sox teammates from the Yankees, Caleb Durbin. But even in the background, you've got uh, Mark Weissman, who's one of the strength and conditioning coaches. Um, we had J.P. Wheat, uh, Christian Franklin, um, Steve Polakoff, who's one of the, the hitting coaches. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some other guys. Uh, Luis uh, Ruano. Um, just they're, they're probably – Probably close to 10, 10 guys out there just you know to watch Kevin and support him. That's awesome. And if you heard Dustin and I talking a little bit earlier, and we were talking about kind of the, the moves that were made in Stroman and Bellinger, mm-hmm. the Cubs also made some 40-man roster moves, and they've outrighted Jared Young, uh, Jeremiah Estrada, Nick Birdie. Um, so they are off the 40-man roster. You know that Birdie had that appendix surgery, and Estrada and Young, you know, they were up, and they kind of struggled this. At least mm-hmm. I know Jeremiah struggled a little bit until September. Right. Um, but Birdie cleared waivers, and so he's mm-hmm. back with the I-Cubs. Okay. But 
Jeremiah Estrada, who I, who I thought was fantastic. I was so looking forward to the season. He got picked up by the Padres, so they got a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, both those guys, great human beings. Um, love them to death. I, I have nothing nothing but good things to say about both of them. I hope, hope the best for them. Absolutely. And the Cubs also added infielder Luis Vasquez to the 40-man mm-hmm. roster, which is now currently at 37. And so Vasquez uh, split some time between the Smokies and the Iowa Cubs in 2023. He's a 21st-rated Cubs prospect. Tell me, tell our listeners a little bit about Luis, so that just so that they're familiar with him now. Yeah, um, incredible glove. Um, mainly play has usually played short. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they give him a look at third, possibly, because um, I mean I think he's got the defensive chops to be able to do it. Um, but uh, I know uh, Alex Cohen, the broadcaster from Iowa, just raves about it. You know, he's he the, the defense has greatly impressed him. And over the last, especially at Iowa this year, but even the year before at Tennessee, the bat started to come around as well. So um, I was very happy for him um, because he's, uh, I think he's a guy that they probably would have lost if they did not put him on the 40 man. Well, we're going to keep watching that, Rich, and, and and I appreciate you hopping on here to give us a little information about the Arizona Fall League and the Fall Star Game. Rich, I want to do what you do, and that's when I retire. I want to come out to Arizona and see all these things, and hopefully you and I can have a couple of beers out there. But we do have our Mesa trip in the calendar. We, we awesome. are ready for you. We are ready to invade. So hopefully you're ready for us. I, I think Stu and I might be coming at the same time. So uh, you, 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 you may have to get some – you may have to get some emergency services out there. I, I don't know what Arizona, what Mesa has to do to prepare. Rich, tell our listeners where they can find your work, your photographs, and some of the writing that you do. Sure. Um, on, on As mentioned on Twitter and Instagram, um, my handle is Beast22, B-I-E-S-T-22. And also collaborate with folks at Northside Bound, uh, do some writing on there, and feature a lot of my photos as well. So hopefully I'll have some more stuff coming out from the Home Run Derby. Been working on that all day. And haven't even had a chance to touch base on the uh, from the Fall Stars game yesterday yet, but I got a bunch of stuff coming from that too. So, our buddy Stu McVicker says he cannot <laughs> wait, and also Bill Watts from Fly the Wood will definitely be out there. So, absolutely great talking to you, Rich, and, I, and I'm so looking forward to seeing you uh, out in Mesa. If you don't come to CubsCon, I'm just saying you might want to come. <laughs> Take care, bud. Very good. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 85. We're always going to remember this one. Ross is out. Council is in. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. All right, Crowley. So we've had the Marcus Stroman news. We knew we were going to talk about that. We had the roster news. We knew we were going to talk about that. We had gold gloves being handed out on Sunday night. We knew we were going to talk about that. We didn't know we were going to talk about David Ross being fired. We didn't know we were going to talk about Craig Council being hired. But now it's time to get into award season and really talk about some amazing uh, hardware going out to some of our favorite Cub players. This has never happened to the Cubs before. Three gold gloves on the same team awarded last night. It's it's unbelievable when you think about it, Dustin. When you think about the the you know some of the teams like that, twenty sixteen was probably the best defensive team I ever saw. So to think that the Cubs have never had three Gold Gloves on one team is unreal. Um, the awards kicked off first with Cody Bellinger, who was a, voted the NL Comeback Player of the Year by his peers at, for the Players Choice Awards. He beat out Michael Conforto and Bryce Harper, so now he can add that to his free agent resume. Um, not only did he win the award, Dustin, that also kicked in an additional $1 million that was in his contract. So the Cubs are paying him an extra million for winning that award. Um, <laughs> just hopefully not on the way out. Hopefully not on the way out. Right. Just, yeah, hopefully just, they another, keep just another million to spend around Wrigleyville. Now, um, unfortunately our guy, Justin Steele did not win for NL pitcher of the year that went to Blake Snell. Zach Allen was also nominated, but what, a, what a season for, for Justin Steele and, and just, you know, looking so forward to see him build on that for next year. But yeah. as you said last night, the Rolling gold gloves were handed out and we had no doubt Dan Spee Swanson, right? I think we, a hundred, there was, I mean, he safe was going up bet. against Crawley, Crawley safe bet. Yep. Safe yeah. Bet. Safe bet. Francisco Lindor and Esquivel Tovar of the Rockies were up there, but Swanson led all short stops and de- defensive runs saved. And, and he led the entire major leagues in out above average. So, one of the best defenders, period. 
So no doubt on Swanson. He gets it two years in a row. But the one that got me so excited, the one that had me with butterflies in my stomach was when they announced the second baseman. And that went to Nico Horner, who won his first gold glove award, beating Bryson Stott of the Phillies and Hassan Kim of the Padres. Dustin, that was a fun one. And we have some audio from that moment where he uh, where he talked to about winning that first gold glove. It is so exciting and a, an amazing thing to share with uh, Ian and Dansby, obviously. And uh, I mean, just a couple of people I really want to thank. Um, definitely want to thank Jonathan Moda, who's been with me since I was first drafted with the Cubs, a huge part of this. Andy Green, who does all of our positioning and, and work behind the scenes in the infield. And then uh, definitely my dad, who's hit the biggest bulk of uh, fungos in my life and uh, a lot of time and effort into that. So any award like this just involves so many people. So very cool. We had no doubt when when they when they signed Dansby and ne- and Nico was moving to second. We just said to ourselves, "This is going to be something special," and that that's exactly what we saw this season. It was so fun. Yeah, they're great guys. It's a great double play combination. Hopefully, for the next five six years, they will be uh, the best duo out there in the National League. Yeah, and this is what Dansby said about uh, about it playing. It's so with exciting him. and a, an amazing thing to share with. Become so good coming across the bag, like it afforded me the luxury to play um, and, and cut off more balls in the in the six hole. Like it was like kind of he he basically had he he would uh, the like my forehands essentially like he would be able to cut down on those, so I could worry more about the balls hit at me or to my to my right. And um, I feel like that just made a huge difference um, for our group. I'm so excited for uh, Nico um, getting his first like he earned every bit of it. He just impacted the game in so many ways for us this year, um, all around, but especially defensively and just what he was able to do. Uh, first year pretty much playing, you know, kind of making that full transition back over second base is just uh, – he made it look so much easier than it actually is. And so for him to be able to get rewarded in the way that he did is is pretty cool. You know, we you know I love the – we talked in, in spring training how – Dansby was insistent on being on the field every time Nico was in spring training. They wanted to get as many reps. They were literally inseparable. Like every time somebody like Rich Biesterfeld took a picture in spring training, those two guys were walking together. And, and I thought it was cool to hear how Dansby felt that what Nico brought, you know, to allow, you know, to cover him on the right-hand side, you know, up by the second base, which allowed Dansby to move a little bit closer into that. Like, what do they call it? The five and a half hole that, uh, that uh, Tony Gwen used to always hit it into, you know what I mean? So really cool to see how that's working out for them. Yeah. I I mean, DSB Swanson, (laughs) just class act, right? I mean, you know, all about his teammates, not about him, just, just a class, just a class, class guy. Yeah. And, and, you know, finally Ian Happ won in left field. I got to tell you, Dustin, that was the one that we were kind of like, me, well, they probably put him up because, uh, you know, yeah. Defending guy. Right. Yeah. But he won, and I I was absolutely stunned. I thought that you know he he took a step back this year. Um, I you know I was shocked just that he even got nominated, but to win it that's that's a totally different ball game. You know what I mean? Yep, I was shocked. Uh, do you know who he was going up against? Who were the finalists for that, Crowley? Oh, I had it, and now I can't think of it. It's right okay. in my head. But if Sorry. you want to go, we'll go ahead and listen to what he had to say about winning the Gold Glove and. Like I said, man, you know, he, he did it. So let's see what he had to say here. Super, super special. You know, when the first one was, was really awesome, but to be able to back it up with another one um, and, you know, have that on the resume, I think that's uh, a really special thing to be able to do it in Wrigley again um, and, and twice in a Cubs uniform is, is a pretty cool thing that I'll cherish. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, adjusted it time. I think sometimes you just got to play it out. Um, definitely throwing help this year. Threw a bunch of guys out. Nico made a bunch of really good tags at second base, and um, a couple guys at home that were that were big. Um, kind of in that June, July, uh, August stretch. Um, and I think that was that was a big part. You know, last year uh, I ran balls down really well, and this year I threw the ball really well. And you know, sometimes that's you're going to have those opportunities and not the other ones. So I think that's just kind of how it shook out this year. Yeah, he was he was second among NL, you know, as far as or as far as left fielders are concerned, he got the highest number of um, putouts of his career. So that was that was good there. But you know, 
Hey, he won it. And so three Cubs winning the gold glove awards, just, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. It's great news. That was great news to uh, wake up to go to bed to last night, depending on what your, uh, what your schedule is like. And uh, Crawley, it's just an amazing day for Cub fans and for us at fly the W. If you're uh, just tuning in for some reason, late Ross out Craig council in five years, 40 Mildo for uh, Craig Tober. Let's hope we got Craig. We got Craig Timber. Let's hope we can get Craig Tober. Finally, Crowley, the uh, Cubs have uh, got a little bit more business over at Wrigley Field. They're doing some stuff, and we've had some uh, news as Crane Kenny was on with our guy Bruce Levine. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a full renovation of the roof. They're going to be replacing wood beams with steel. So this project expected to be completed by 2024. One final thing um, I did yesterday have the honor of uh, working the security party for the Chicago Cubs staff that was held at Club 400. The the different supervisors and staff and, and security were all there, and we had an absolute amazing time. Frank Walker uh, was the one that brought everybody over there. They had a bus full of all the employees that they brought from Wrigley Field Very to cool. Club 400. We played a little bit of a Jeopardy game. We had a couple drinks. Um, but Frank Walker of the Mistaken Identity podcast, he came out and he was just he. They, there's all sorts of fun raffles and 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 it, you know when you talk about Wrigley Field and the employees, they're the ones that are going to you know that make Wrigley the friendly confine. So to have everybody out there, that was absolutely just phenomenal. Um, and so one I one of these days, Crowley, I'm gonna have to get invited out to Club 400. I, that's all I know. I could I could have been security with a uh, Mick Ultra in my hand too. Well, you, you've been invited, but I need to get you out there. Uh, you did. We did find out Ian Happ, David Peralta from the Dodgers, and Eddie Rosario were also up for the Atlanta Braves. I can't believe Yelich didn't, but who knows. But what, what, what an incredible 72 hours of Cubs news, Dustin. This has just been a blast. Absolutely. Don't forget to uh, download, listen, and review. Subscribe to the Fly the W podcast as we're wrapping it up here. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, we're on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. And you can email us, flythew670 at gmail.com. And now you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. And make sure you're following us in case we uh, go live again because uh, hopefully there's going to be more Huge news coming up over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to have to do an instant live reaction podcast. Yeah, th this, this was something, and, and again, I think it's just the beginning. Get ready, Cub fans, because we're going to have a lot of fun this offseason. Go Cubs! It's all over. <laughs>